This is the reality. Hello to you. Welcome indeed to The Reality. My name is Dudley Anderson and it's really my pleasure to be with you. The Reality is a half an hour talk show talking about the reality of life as found in Jesus Christ. Charles Spurgeon was known as the Prince of Preachers. He actively engaged the poor of the Victorian London, revealing the reality of Christ's love. He authored sermons, an autobiography, commentaries, books on prayer, devotionals, magazines, poetry and hymns. Spurgeon's oratory skills are said to have held his listeners spellbound. Today, we meet Adam Edwards, a distant cousin of Charles Spurgeon. But Adam was an atheist. He was demon-possessed, addicted to drugs and depressed until Jesus Christ stepped into his life. One night, as he was attempting to take his own life, the voice of God broke through to him. After 25 years of um, my destructive ways, The shell of my old self was cracking from the pressure. And it finally all came to a head when um, three consequences of my actions all unfolded at once. So um, I put a bell around my neck and I tied it to the door and I leant forward. As my life was fading amongst the haze, I felt a voice speak to me. It told me in a definite way that it's not my time and that there's work to be done. I didn't understand at the time, but I stopped what I was doing and I felt at peace. This is Adam Edwards' story. At age four, for the first time, I drank Ribena in school, which was instantly followed by me going crazy, (laughs) running around screaming and biting all the other kids anywhere I could. Good. (laughs) From around that time on, I was a little terror. If I'd had a blue smarty, all hell was breaking loose. (laughs) This developed and became the theme of my life. I was expelled from primary school for pressing the fire alarm for secondary school for selling fireworks to kids, and college for throwing a chair at the teacher. It all started off as a laugh. I was the carefree joker, but this was changing rapidly as I got older. And then it became drugs, any drugs I could try to get high, a rush of adrenaline or to just quiet my mind. And then it became binge drinking and high aggression, violence, fighting, stealing. I was angry at everything. Um, I was really depressed and I was really afraid. Anything I saw and I wanted, I would just steal it mm-hmm. if I had the opportunity. Mobile phones, electronics were the main ones. But if I drove past a car and it was like mine and they had the parts on there that I wanted, I would pull over and I would just rip them off the car. Mm-hmm. And then I started getting arrested for criminal damage, violence, assault and battery. I remember back then I was so afraid of being attacked that I'd carry a knife everywhere with me. I once fought a man on top of a mountain road just because he didn't give way in his car. That's the type of guy I was. Good grief. And things like this just became an almost everyday occurrence. Um, It all started accelerating and increasing. And now I couldn't even have a drink without fighting. And it was just destroying my life. By then I felt hopeless. Suicidal thoughts, self-loathing and depression were a constant, I mean, 24-7. After 25 years of um, my destructive ways, the shell of my old self was cracking from the pressure. I couldn't take much more, to be honest. And it finally all came to a head when um, three consequences of my actions all unfolded at once. Wow. My, my partner of eight years left me as I was so toxic. 
my boss in work was bullying me really badly and not paying me my wages. And the house I bought us before she left, uh, I didn't have the money to pay the mortgage and I feared I'd lose it. My old ways of living as a toxic self were just breaking. It was just crumbling. It just couldn't be sustained. Mm -hmm. That night alone in my house, I cried all night on my knees and a voice in my head just repeatedly told me, you're worthless. Kill yourself. You're horrible. Kill yourself. Kill yourself. You'll never change. <laughs> You'll never change. And nobody likes you. They hate you. So you might as well just kill yourself. Wow. Do it. Do it now. I was so broken that um, I listened to the voice completely and I followed his instructions. So um, I put a bell around my neck and I tied it to the door and I leant forward. Um, and as I felt the belt tighten, my vision started to fade and um, I could feel myself drifting away. And uh, as my life was fading amongst the haze, I felt a voice speak to me. It told me in a definite way that it's not my time and that there's work to be done. I didn't understand at the time, but I stopped what I was doing mm. and I felt at peace. I'd never felt peace before. And the next day I felt different really different I felt for some reason now that I could change and there was hope hmm. a video popped up on YouTube and I clicked it it was Jim Carrey an actor who I loved as a child only he wasn't talking about acting or comedy he was talking about God all my life up to this point I was a hardcore atheist believing God was a load of rubbish mere superstition I mean, obviously the universe has no intelligence or design. <laughs> Despite all my old beliefs of atheism, something had changed in me that night. And now as he spoke of God in that video, that word, that word magnetized me to it. Mm -hmm. And I found myself lost in it, feeling a total peace and serenity come over me again. A spark of life suddenly filled me. I had a reason to go on now. And that reason was to find this God. This was the beginning of a miraculous change in who I was. As I searched for God, I worked. I worked hard through my old toxic ways of fear, and they were being replaced with newer, healthier ones. My anger and resentments faded over time and effort and were replaced with more empathy and understanding of others. But I was still searching for Him, for God. Over the next few years, I worked and changed myself for the better. I now had friends when I didn't have any before. Real friends and healthy, loving relationships started to grow. And over the course of this four years of searching, thinking, questioning, I experienced God directly multiple times. And it was like waking up from a long dream. It was, and it still is to this day, the most valuable and important experience in my life. It made everything pale in comparison, and I've carried it with me every day of my life since. It's actually real. The idea of atheism vanished, and now it became ridiculous and blindingly obvious that it isn't true. But God is truth. God is true. I now knew that God was real and it was undeniable. It was 100%. But now I faced a new challenge. My experience of him in daily life was short and fleeting. How do I keep him in my life? And how do I get back to him? I didn't know. 
then for the next three years, I tried everything I could to get him back in my experience. <laughs> everything. I was desperate to find him. It was a frustrating search in. I tried what I believed was every single avenue to be with him again. I consumed as many books as I could and performed practices daily on Buddhism, Taoism, hmm. paganism, transcendental meditation I used to do for hours and hours a day, sleep paralysis, lucid dreaming, dream yoga, astral projection I used to do every day, shamanic breathing, isolation in total darkness for days at a time, pineal gland activation, psychedelic drugs, binaural beats, and third eye opening. I did all of it as much <laughs> as I could. Good grief. As much as I could. I dedicated everything to it. I also consumed hundreds of hours of videos and forums on it. Anything I could to get him back in my life. I wanted God in my life so bad hmm. because he's so good. He's so good. And it feels so good in that peace you get. You know, I was just desperate for him. Hmm. When you're miserable and alone and confused and you get a tiny taste of God, you just want him in your life. None of this stuff worked. Out of all of that, none of it worked. None of it. Mm -hmm. It all left me colder and emptier. All I had from it was mental abstractions or ideas of what God is. And not only that, but as I prayed pagan rituals to open the doors of the spirit realms to me, each night I was in these realms and I was being repeatedly attacked and tortured by demons. Mm. More real than real life. It's unbelievable how real these demons are. I felt everything fully every night. Every knife as it went into my stomach. Every slice as it cut my arms and my body after chasing me. Mm. And now at 32 years old, at my wit's end, thinking it was impossible to have God in my life, and demonic spirits telling me that killing myself was the only way to experience him again. Hmm. My doorbell rang. It was a lady named Nicole. She spoke to me and she told me how she used to be an alcoholic, how it ruined her life to the point of suicide, but how a man named Jesus had saved her. She told me of the power of prayer and asked if I'd ever prayed. I said, no, I haven't prayed. And inside, I was skeptical. I was thinking, prayer, Jesus. I've already tried Buddha and I meditate for hours a day in transcendental meditation. And if that doesn't work, what's Jesus going to do? <laughs> but at this point, I tried everything, everything, and nothing had worked. And I was desperate. And I could see that there's something different about this lady. It's her eyes, they had a life in them. It was a glow that I'd never seen before. They beamed love and they instantly brought me back to peace and serenity. I knew I had to try it. Mm -hmm. I went back into my house and I tried praying to this Jesus. As I got down on my knees, I thought this isn't going to do anything, but I might as well take it off the box of things I've tried like all the rest. I closed my eyes and I prayed out loud to Jesus recognizing that he died for me and asking him to come into my life. Hmm. As I spoke to him, I heard my words out loud. As I heard my words out loud, my voice deepened. As my voice deepened, my mind cleared 
as my mind cleared, my heart softened and opened. And as I continued to pray to Jesus, my whole body started to tingle and shake. Mm -hmm. A rushing feeling of high electricity traveled up and down me, and I burst into floods of tears. Mm -hmm. Tears of joy, tears of release, tears of gratitude, tears of knowing with every single atom in my body that Jesus is the way, Jesus is the truth, and Jesus is the life. I cried with happiness, and I told him I was sorry. I thanked him for loving me so much. I understood in that moment that every step in my life was there for a reason, the greatest reason, because he loves us so much, and he desires to be with us so much that we have a choice, the freedom to choose to be with him in perfect love. I now knew not only that God is real, but that he loves us so much mm. and he wants to have a deep loving relationship with him through his son, Jesus Christ. I knew right then and there that I wanted to be a Christian. I knew I had found the truth and the way, or better put it, Jesus had found me. The Lord works in awe-inspiring ways, and he has rocketed my life into the fourth dimension. I couldn't in my wildest dreams before have imagined that not only is there a God who created the entire universe, mm -hmm. but it's actually possible to have a personal, beautiful, warm, close, loving relationship with him that will change your life forever, fill you with love, and work in you to create hope and purpose. But it's true. And if we let him, he will make it happen in all of us. But we have to let him. <laughs> I draw your attention to this moment now. We are all joined here in this moment in time together. He looks upon us and smiles with joy. He rejoices with love and praise for almighty God. I turn to you, Lord, and I say, I devote myself to you, Lord Jesus. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort and console me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You have anointed and refreshed my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy and unfailing love shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell forever in the house and the presence of the Lord. Amen. You're listening to The Reality. Produced by Sure Reality, a listener-supported radio ministry. We depend on the generous gifts of our listener to produce this program. You can help reach millions of folks with the sure reality of the message of Jesus by becoming a Sure Reality Vision Partner. To partner with us, please visit the website surereality.net and click on Become a Vision Partner. 
If you've just joined us, a hearty hello to you. I'm Dudley Anderson. This is The Reality, a half-an-hour talk show talking about the reality of real life as found through Jesus Christ. If you've been listening up and you have some questions, perhaps we've just touched a nerve in your heart, then I'd like to encourage you to drop me a note. Write to me by email and we can chat together. It's dudley at surereality.net. Email me dudley at surereality.net. Well, today on The Reality, we're speaking to Adam Edwards. Adam grew up lost and angry with life. He was an atheist. Adam became addicted to drugs, alcohol, and violence. And then one day, while attempting suicide, he heard an indiscernible voice calling him. Adam believed it was God. He set out to find God in all the wrong places, in other religions, in philosophy, transcendental meditation, New Age, and the occult. Sadly, Satan opportunistically commandeered his life. Adam was angry, disappointed, and suicidal again. There was a knock on his front door. A stranger was there. She told him about the work of Jesus Christ upon the cross. Adam then experimented with a prayer to this Jesus and asked him into his life. Instantly, he experienced a peace and was saved, delivered, and healed. Desperate to know the truth about life, Adam Edwards discovered the reality of Christ. Ironically, Adam, an ex-atheist, is a distant cousin of the great preacher Charles Spurgeon. Let's find out more as we speak with Adam Edwards today via Skype. Well, today speaking with Adam Edwards on Skype right here on The Reality. Thank you so much, Adam, for sharing that amazing story with us. Wonderful stuff. Praise God for that. Just a, a few questions as we as we go forward. You said that you heard a, a voice when uh, you were suicidal uh, and you were hanging on that belt around your neck. You heard a voice. Uh, yes. How did you? How can you define that voice? Was it an audible voice or was it just yes. something in your head? Yes. I know that voice is God, because God speaks to me now as I'm close to him. The voice is firm. The voice is definite. The voice is not my voice. And it speaks to your heart with such a, it's like a reassuring, comfort, comforting voice, but it's strong and it's definite. So There's you, no wavering in the voice. So at that moment, obviously, you'd gone through stuff in life, um, and and this voice in your head speaks to you and you, you have this sense that it's it's peace and, and that there's hope. Did you ever have any uh, Bible teaching or Sunday school experience as a child? Zero. So you had no idea that this could be God talking to you? No, none. You know that's interesting because that's how God speaks into our lives. You know, you know, He He knows us. He knew knew you before you were born, and He knew your entire life. And He's got His hand upon you even before you acknowledged Him as Lord and Savior. That's amazing. And uh, you said that word touched your heart, and at that moment, uh, you you know, you you got yourself out of that circumstance. But having been an atheist, you still didn't quite understand who this God was. Yeah, atheism. Uh, Adam, does atheism offer any form of hope to the world? Absolutely zero. It's cold. There's no hope. No, definitely no. So obviously then, you know, uh, growing up in that environment, uh, you had no inclination of who God was. And then you tried to experience God. I think this is what you were saying. Yes. You started looking for this this voice Somehow, you didn't know who he was, and you didn't know where it came from, and you got into other religions. Why did you delve into other religions and, and New Age? 
because if I'm honest, I overlooked Christianity through things I've been taught in school when I was a little kid and uh, through things I've picked up from other atheists. It completely blindsided me to the fact about Christianity and it made me completely overlook it. So I, 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 I took more credibility in Buddhism and all the others because they were plastered all over YouTube um, and the lure that it was was something that I did start to become aware of was the lure of the new age which is a trap which millions of uh, teenagers and uh, young adults and stuff are being pulled into right now mm. it's a trap of the devil mm. and it's a new age movement which follows Buddhism and different practices like that but as an atheist as an atheist um, how did you reconcile a looking for religion because of the change in me it was just a change in me. The change had happened instantly from oh, that voice. From after that voice, from, I understand. Yeah. From that voice, yeah. I, no, I, was, I wasn't an atheist after that voice. It was the voice that was the change. It was the catalyst. It was wow. once I heard that voice. But uh, yeah. I was no longer an atheist, but I was still confused about where God was. And that's why I looked to every avenue. And you got involved in drugs, uh, and uh, you know, drugs can open us up to the occult. Do you think this opened the door for demonic work in your life? One hundred percent. These stories I could tell you, Dudley. We'd need more time, but they would blow your mind. I've had, I've specifically prayed pagan rituals, specifically asking to open myself to the spiritual realms, and then I've had m nearly every night go into sleep paralysis where the body um, releases a chemical to paralyze you before you go to sleep to stop you acting out your dreams I'd be paralyzed, I'd go to sleep I'd still be awake and then the demons come in your room and they climb into your body and then they pop once you're in your body you go into these other realms where the demons attack you I did that every night for years So an atheist listening to us today may say to you, well, you know, that's a lot of rubbish. I mean, where do you, where do you get that from? There's no such thing as the spirit world. What's your answer to him? My answer is something that God's revealed to me, actually. Um, it's a topic called uh, God priming, where God will only, before God reveals something to you, he will pre-prime you to see whether you're ready for it. So an atheist sat in his front room watching TV will not all of a sudden be shown a beautiful angel or the word of God or something. It just won't happen because he's not ready for it and he, you'll be afraid. So God will prime you ready for your next experience and he'll do it in such a way that he'll kind of drip feed you a couple of things. So he'll drip feed you. You'll see something on TV. Uh, an atheist will see, you know, or somebody will see something on TV about a demon. And then if they accept that prime and they go, oh, okay, this is interesting, they'll look into it. God can see you're ready, and then he'll release the next stage for you, yeah. which may be somebody inviting you to go see something or a video on it. And then once you're ready, you've accepted those primes, then God will reveal those experiences to you. Yeah, interesting. Then you said that um, your doorbell rang. Were you expecting anybody to come to the door that day? No. <laughs> so did you know this lady? No. So she was a complete stranger and just rang your doorbell? Just a lady who's come over, yeah. She must have been going door to door talking to people or something. That's amazing. Amazing. And she, she just stepped in there uh, and, and shared the love of Jesus, the love of God. You know, I find that incredible how God does that. At the right time, he just sends his word to us. Oh, that's amazing. So did you, think, did, you, did you find that the pain stopped and the depression? Did God deal with that in your life? <sighs> Unbelievably. 
unbelievably. He has completely changed my life since I found Christ and Jesus. He has completely cured me of depression, something which I thought was impossible. I have spent for hundreds and hundreds of hours and thousands of notes and every single book I've tried on CBT therapy and everything to try and cure my depression. And it's just got worse. And Jesus has cured it instantly. And now I'm writing sheets of steps to give to people who suffer from depression to show them how Jesus can cure your depression permanently. He cured me from a 17-year eating disorder, which I could not cure. He's cured me from so much, and he's changed my life unbelievably in every single area that I trust him in. Praise God. Well, Adam, we did kick off by mentioning Charles Spurgeon, and you've uh, found out that you're actually related to that great preacher, the Prince of Preachers. Do you preach? Do you share this gospel, this message? Yeah, I absolutely love preaching. Do you so feel in, in the beginning? I in the beginning I was a bit like nervous. I wasn't too sure, but now I like I love it. <laughs> so maybe following in his footsteps. Oh yeah, I hope come so. on. Do you have any story or any any uh, uh, you know uh, incidents uh, from the life of Spurgeon that you could share with us? I can just tell you how I found out about Spurgeon and yeah. how my father told me. Go for it. Yeah. So um, just like again, it's just a testimony to how amazing God is. Like I love it. The things He gives you, I like to call them curveballs. God just like drops them on you. Like here you go. I love you so much. This is a beautiful twist to your story. <laughs> so I've been a Christian for a short time, and me and my dad were just sitting down eating, uh, having dinner, and then he just mentions casually, like, "Oh, now you're a Christian. Uh, this might interest you." I'm sure we got a preacher in the family. <laughs> as, as my nan was called Alice Spurgeon, and our last name was Spurgeon, and we're from a place in Essex called Halstead. And I was quite, in, I was really interested then. Yeah. He got some photos of her and, and um, a little bit of the family tree. And um, he said, look, he's not on here, but I'm, I'm definite we're from the same, we're from the same place, the same time, the same name. And it's a rare Scandinavian name. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and, you know, I'm just excited then. And I was just praying to God. I had a look about Spurgeon because I didn't know much about him. And uh, I told some people about it and they almost fell off their seats, you know, like my <laughs> pastor and stuff. He couldn't believe it. So I was like, oh, this is awesome. God's, <laughs> God's just awesome, isn't he? God's so awesome. It's amazing. And, and then uh, I was praying to God, you know, oh, make this true. Please make this true, Lord. Please make this true. You oh. know, thank you for loving me. Please make this true. This would be awesome. Yeah. And uh, I went on Ancestry.com and yeah, it was all there. So I printed it off and he's my cousin. So wow. I just think it's, I just think it's, I just think it's brilliant. <laughs> and I think it's funny as well. That's God, it it's so though. funny. His sense of humor. Absolutely. You know what I mean? You could you take know. me like an atheist who just hate or didn't like Christians before it was all yeah. a joke. And yeah. now he's just flipped it in such a way. So wow. it's just beautiful. It's beautiful. It is. I love, yeah. 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 That, that's what I've discovered. God's sense of humor is irony. It's ironic mm-hmm. that you, mm-hmm. as an atheist, <laughs> demon-possessed, were related to Spurgeon. You know, that's God's irony. He said to an old man one day, Abraham, he said to Abraham, old man, you're going to have a child, you know. And yeah. uh, they laughed, and they called their son laughter. That's what Isaac means. <laughs> that's God's sense of humor. Adam, it's been absolutely wonderful speaking with you today on The Reality. Thank you so much for sharing your story with us. We pray for God's blessing and opportunity to share it. Thank you for joining us. Thank you so much, Dudley. 
an incredible story by Adam Edwards today on The Reality. If you've got some questions, if you'd like to know more, perhaps just a little bit more about what Adam spoke about, coming to know the reality of Jesus, then do write me an email, dudley at surereality.net. I would love to hear from you. Dudley at surereality.net. I ask you today, are you desperate to know the truth about life? As Adam quoted earlier, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. That is, He is the way, the truth, and the life to the eternal God. Perhaps you've experimented with some of the new age things that Adam has been speaking about today. I encourage you today to do as Adam did and say, Jesus, here I am. I give my life to you. I surrender my life to you. Come into my life. Change my life for the good, for good. I believe he'll do that. Again, if you'd like to know more, email me dudley at surereality.net. I would love to hear from you. The Reality is produced by Sure Reality, a listener-supported radio ministry. With your help, we can produce these radio programs to touch lives around the world. So please consider partnering with us by going to the website surereality.net and click on the menu option, Become a Vision Partner. From me, Dudley Anderson, to you, keep walking in the reality of Christ.